continue on to concluding our series and dealing what is the gospel. Today, we're going to just discuss how all of us need to pay a, play a part in having a gospel-driven church. I said a gospel-driven church. You know, the church is the group of believers, or more specifically, a called-out group. Called out. Let me help you out. Lord chose you. Hallelujah. I'm so glad he chose us. And so in choosing us, he chose us to do some awesome things. And so looking in this chapter of Romans, chapter 12, we are familiar with this verse very much so, uh, sorry, this chapter very much so with that first few verses presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice. Y'all with me? What I want to help us to grasp even more in this text is not just to see the individuality that's addressed here, but see the corporate that is addressed in this. Oftentimes we make it individual. I present my body as a living sacrifice and we leave it there. But I want to highlight that. Why do you present your body as a living sacrifice? Want to see, can we answer this question? Why do I present my body as a living sacrifice? So if you can join me in the Romans 12, try to read from New Living Translation. I want to highlight a few verses as we look at verses 1 to 13 uh, of this chapter. And thank you for those able to stand in honoring a reading of God's word. We want to highlight verse 9, starting there to verse 13. The word of God says, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy. I'm going to read that again. Never be lazy, comma, but work hard and Serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble. And keep, keep on keeping on. Don't stop continuously. Do this. Keep praying. When God's people are in need, tell your neighbor, be ready ready. to help them. When when should you be ready to help them? Always. 
Be eager to practice hospitality. Praise God for his words. You may be seated. Did you see in that text, in those few verses, how being a living sacrifice is not just about you? You have to be willing to be a servant, a vessel for the body of Christ. How is it that we look at the gospel and we neglect the church? We must res- res- respond to the gospel that says that we must repent and believe. And if we repent and believe, then we will learn to serve our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The church is a body of believers. The Bible makes it clear to us that the body has many members. And so as an individual, I am responsible for my own well-being because if I am healthy, then the church is healthy. But if I am unhealthy, the church is unhealthy. You understand? It says present your body as a living sacrifice. Give your whole self to God. It didn't say give your arm. It ought to make, make clear that the body has many members. It, said, it didn't say give your pinky toe. It says present your body, all of you, as a living sacrifice. When you think of sacrifice, you think what of a dead offering. You think of something slain, something killed, given to God. But here it says that our sacrifice that we give is not dead. Mm. What does that mean? It means this, that you are not dead literally, but yet you are presented to God as a living sacrifice, something that should be on ongoing service. Y'all catch that? Dead is once and done. Living is going on. And so even the sacrifice, something of being killed, something of being dead, is being sanctified, being presented to God, says as a living sacrifice, what? Holy and acceptable. This word acceptable means something that is pleasing unto him. And so we want to be pleasing unto God. We want to be set apart for his works, not for our works, because we ought to realize, right, in this gospel message, it tells us that we are dead to sin and alive in Christ Jesus. Therefore, since I'm alive, I should be a living sacrifice, holy. While am I holy? Jesus says, be ye holy, for my Father in heaven is holy. So you see the challenge here that, Oftentimes we stop at verse 3 and says, I present myself as a living sacrifice, but I'm not going to serve in the church. Well, you're not being a living sacrifice. You're dead. A living sacrifice will go on and realize that I, when I think of myself, higher than I ought to. Mm. Mm. I'm right and I'm always right. And so let me tell you how you're wrong. No, 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 no. That's not a living sacrifice. 
A living sacrifice does not think of one higher than the other. A living sacrifice will not use uh, the gifts that God's given them to push forth their own agenda. I, I, I'm good at preaching, so I'm going to preach what I want to preach about to get what I want to get out of it. No, 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 no. We had a great preacher that shared with us, Pastor Paula said that the preacher got to preach what's in the bag. Mm. He got to give the word what God has given. We sometimes have gifts and we sometimes use our gifts for our advantage. Oh, Lord knows if he gave me the gift to sing. I sona would not be standing in front of you right now. I sona would try to be out on the street, be on Broadway. Be on MTV, be on B. I'll do anything I can just to sing, to croon, to let everybody know how good I can sing. And so that's why he didn't give that to me, because he know I would not present it to him as a living sacrifice. I would try to be like Eddie Kane and Five Hawks. You want my job? You ain't going to get it. That's what I would have been. I would have been trying to hold on and say, I can do it. And so God let me know that, Sam, don't try to think you so higher than you are to just realize I've given you something to be used, not for yourself, not for your good, but for the body of Christ. Am I talking to somebody here on this morning? You see, what God has given you was not for you to build yourself up, to put your name in lights, but what he's given you to lift up him, that you would draw more men to him. And so when you present your body as a living sacrifice, you understand no longer am I living for myself. I'm living for you, Lord. And therefore, I realize that things got to change. That's why my mind has to change. The things I used to think that were good, I find out are totally wicked and evil. That are totally contrary against your will. And I, I used to try to fit in. Let's look around. Let's look around real quick. Look around real quick. All right. I want you to realize that everybody's fitting in right now. Catch, catch it. You, somebody sitting down, you sit down. Somebody grab their Bible, you grab their Bible. What are you saying? I'm saying this, that it's easy for us to model the behavior before us. It's easy to conform. Think about it. You have conformed. You have conformed. How? You made your body able to meet the conditions of the seat. It was already modeled, ready for you to sit down in that position. The Bible tells us, do not be conformed to the world. Do not fit into the position of the world. The world has its own position it wants you to be in. But we need to be transformed. Transformed. And so when you are transformed, you are not conditioned. You're not confined to what the world gives you. Mm. The world will tell you how you should put yourself first. The world will let you know that how you should get as much money as you can. Don't worry about anybody else. The world will let you know all those things. But the Bible does the contrary. That says give and give generously. Wait a minute. What do you mean give generously? Uh, if you have $100, give $100. No, I'm just going to give $10. And I'm going to use the rest of this 90 Well, the Bible, the Bible makes it clear to us that when you give... Give what? Jesus means more than what you would personally give. Oh, watch out somebody. I said what you would personally give. Personally, you, you got a limit on how much you're going to give. Because you want something left over. 
But yet when you use it for the Lord, you realize that, God, what I have is yours. I give it freely to you. Trust in that, Lord, you will supply my every need. That's why James and John was able to go to, to the place of prayer and saw this man before the gate beautiful who constantly, check this out, check this out. This man is known to always be outside the house but never in the house. Prayer is going inside the house. He's left outside the house. Y'all missing it. Power is in the house. They left him short of the house. But one day, James and John saw him and let him know, ha ha, you looking for something or that? We do not have. But in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. Then he got up and he walked in the house. Then what happened? What happened in the house? What happened in the house? He was not like everybody else. He started singing, jumping and dancing. And they realized, wait a minute, there's something different about this guy. I want you to understand that when God moves in your life, people should see a difference in you. The condition you once were in, mm, he can transform. Oh, glory be to God. And so when we realize that I've given myself to you, oh God, I'm being renewed, I'm being transformed. The old self is dead. I'm alive in Christ. I've been united with Christ. I, I, I was buried with him. And what's this? I rose again with him. So I'm so glad that old self is dead. He's gone. He's saying bye-bye. And I'm saying hello each and every day to brand new grace and mercy and the opportunity to be a living sacrifice unto the Lord. Y'all see that in the text? And so as I'm being renewed, I'm, I'm being transformed, I'm learning to what is good and pleasing. And so therefore, I got to humble myself. I have to humble myself. Why do I have to humble myself? Because I can't think of myself higher than I ought to. Look closely right there in the text. Somebody might be wondering, I don't have enough. I see that person up on the stage singing. I see that person preaching. I see that person teaching Sunday school. I, I don't have that. I don't have what they have. Stop lying to yourself. What do you mean? Well, how am I lying to myself? The Bible says clearly God has given you each the measure of faith. Mm. He's given each of you the measure of faith. You know, what does that mean? It means you have enough. How do you know I have enough? Because the Bible says so. You know what else I know how you have enough? Because he's Lord and he's sovereign and he knows exactly what he's doing. And he's giving you enough. Check this out how he's giving you enough. He expresses us when he talks about faith. He says, yeah, faith is small as a mustard seed. He didn't say, if you have faith as this mountain. He says, no, if you have faith as a mustard seed, study so is that a mustard seed is so small, you could fit a whole lot of them in a thimble. Y'all see the thumb thimble, right? I was laughing at the thumb thimble. I thought the thumb thimble was to fit on your thumb, but it doesn't even fit on your thumb. It barely fits on the tip of your thumb. I used to play with my mom's thumb thimble. And I looked at it, that's, that's a little small thing. And then when the Bible says that you could, spit, you could fit a thousand of mustard seeds, that's, that's some small seeds. But yet it can grow big enough 
that birds can perch on the tree. And it says, with this size of faith, you can say mountain move. So a mustard seed is enough. Check this out. And he's not saying that's how much I gave. He didn't say I gave you a mustard seed faith. He said, if you have. Well, I want you to know that he's giving you the measure of faith you need. Some of y'all sitting there catch on. Let me help you out. You, we know Peter. And, and, and Peter was a disciple, follower of Christ. And, and, and Peter had faith. And God, but yet it didn't seem like he always had faith because many times Peter, along with the other disciples, Jesus says to them, ye of little faith. And so if Peter, we know Peter who could do all kinds of things and, and was able, one of the great fathers of, 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 of Christianity, and Jesus could look upon him as well as the other disciples say, ye of little faith, ye who see me feed the multitude, you who see me transfigure, ye who see me raise people alive, and yet you still have little faith, even when I died, you yet to believe. But cast this, cast this. He said, I gave you enough. Because even when he knew he was going to mess up, he says, I, I pray for you. That after you mess up, repent and restore yourself and then strengthen your brothers. Which means that Jesus understood, I know you're going to fall short. I know you're going to have your doubts. But I have no doubt about it. Because I know how much faith is inside of you. That regardless of the trials, the tribulations are going to come your way. And you may not think you're good enough. Don't worry about if you're not good enough. Know that your God is good enough. And he's good enough to put good enough in you. And that is good enough. And so you understand that you have enough faith. Tell your neighbor you have enough faith. So now here's the challenge. If I have enough faith, am I using what he's given me? Now, when we're using our faith, it does not mean our names need to be in lights. Our names need to be printed in the byline in the program. See, the problem oftentimes is that when we have the gifts that God's given us, we want everybody to know what we have. Can I let you know that if you just use what God's given you, they're going to know. Let me help you out. Um, if you need your tire changed, where do you go? You go where you know someone can help you to get your tire changed. They don't got to go around telling you, I change tires, I change tires, I change tires. When you need your tire changed, you're going to find out who changes tires. And catch, you're not going to find the one that goes around saying, I change. You're going to find the one that says, so-and-so helped me out and they're real good. I'm going to go check them out. Think about how is it we got major corporations, big companies, yet you still got mom and pop shops. Because they don't have the money and the clout to put their names on commercial, their names on TV. But people who have been impacted by the service, go tell somebody else, go down the corner on the street. It's a little small spot, but it will take care of you. See, when you let God use you, people will tell everybody else about how you bless them. You got to go and tell them, I'm going to bless you. That's putting yourself first. We should not be first. We should be last. 
Do you not see that right there in the text in humility? It says that we should what? Lift up others? When was the last time you complimented somebody? And I'm not talking about superficial compliments. What I mean by superficial compliments is that, oh, that's a nice shirt. That's a nice suit. That's a nice... How you can say, I like your leadership. I like your character. Or I like how you handle that. I like how you model marriage. See, that means I'm paying attention to your life. And I see the things that you do. And I want you to know that I appreciate that. But sometimes we don't want to say that because when we acknowledge it, sometimes we see our own faults. If I come by and say to somebody, I like how your marriage is working, I always say, well, don't mean mine's working bad. No, that means you can acknowledge a good thing. When you come in somebody, how well-behaved the children are, you're going to say, well, my children act bad. No, you're going to encourage them to keep on doing the good thing that you're doing. But sometimes that's what happens. We live in such a society that we want to tear people down to build ourselves up. I can't give you credit because that's going to take credit away from me. There's nowhere in the Bible. The Bible tells us lift up one another. Encourage one another. Let someone know they're doing a good job. Because, Cassis, if they're doing a good job, you're going to benefit from them doing a good job too. Because if you're healthy, the church is healthy. But if we're unhealthy, the church is unhealthy. So, looking at this humility aspect, I think of myself lower, cast this, cast this. Then I start using the gifts that God has given me. So do not think of yourself more higher than you can. You are important, but not that important. So think with sober judgment. Sober is to be temperate and to moderate, to be sensible. This is reasonable judgment. It's to come according to the measure of faith that God has freely given you. I said freely. God has assigned each one of you with special gifts that are for the good of the body, the church. Look at these lists of these gifts here in Romans. This is not a totality gift. It's just a, a limited list. But he's writing out gifts of prophecy, service, teaching, exhortation, contributions, leadership, and acts of mercy. These gifts are for the good of the body, and you must develop them to be used. Use them to the best of your ability, and it is for the good of the church. Y'all see that there, right? When it, li- when it listed each gift, it said, do it well. Tell your neighbor, do it well. And so in our humility, we're going to serve to the best of our ability, and we're going to look to do it well. When you do something well, that means you're going to see that it gets done, not halfway done. And I want to help you out. Some of you say, I, I, I've been coming to Sunday school and hearing about these spiritual gifts, but I'm, I'm really not sure if this is my gift or this is my gift. I want to help you out. You may have more than one. And so, therefore, don't be concerned. If this is it, that's it. Say, work on them both. I like to give, we'll keep on giving. I like to teach, we'll start teaching. Do what God's called you to do. If his lead says lead well, if his give, give generously, it says serve, serve with gladness. And, 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 and when you look at these words here, and you, if you do some words, so you start realizing that these things are done for the outward, for the outwards, it's not for inward. 
If you're showing mercy, you're showing mercy to better somebody else, not to make yourself feel better. Like that commercial. There's a commercial about this man wanting a new car, so he wanted a new car. He was being nice to Santa just to get a new car. Sometimes that's how we show mercy. We show mercy just to make ourselves feel better or to get something out of it. No, 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 no. We don't show mercy to get our something out of it for us. We show mercy to help somebody else. So that they be better. I want us to understand that when we humble ourselves, we lower ourselves, that cast us, cast us, cast us. I don't mind you stepping on me if it's going to help you get up. But too many times we don't want anybody stepping on us because we're too clean. But you're going to find out that you're not as clean as you think you are. You're dirty just like I am. And since we're both dirty, we might as well help each other get clean. And so if we can help each other cast this, cast this, we can together make a difference. And that's why with this humility, I would do it with zeal. That's why it says do not be lazy. Y'all see that there, right? Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Not enthusiastically. This is where the zeal comes in that you're excited when it has the opportunity for a serve. Like, oh, I got to go back down to the church again. Oh. And you're going to come in the door and go, I love the Lord. Don't be lying to me. You are, you are mad the whole drive down. You're going to walk in the door and put a smile on your face. God is good. I'd rather be at home. I want you to grab this that. And our service, it says zealously with zeal, come enthusiastic, cast this, cast this. It's going to cause all of us something. Service is service. It, it, it involves some sacrifice, but cast this, do it with some zeal. How, 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 how have you been at a restaurant and you could tell it was the end of that person's shift and they could care less about you? At that moment, at that time, you wish they had some zeal. You might have got your meal a little bit quicker. It might have been hot when you got it. You might have not, your drink would not have been empty when you walked out the door and you only had one refill. You'd have been excited about that person. So how much more are we going to come to God? We're going to say, God, I'm just going to give you just a little bit. You ought to be happy I made it to the house today. You're not doing God any favors. You hurting yourself. Do it enthusiastically with zeal. Have passion. Because this passion, this passion that you have is going to benefit because there's going to be some times, catch this, there's going to be some times that there's somebody that you're coming to serve and they are down, they are out, but they're in the house of God and they need someone to come up there that got a fire that's burning so that can warm them up and keep them running this race. But if you want to come down, try it and your head bowed down and feeling defeated and feeling unhappy, I'm just going to let you this and let you know this. Go back home. Because if you're not going to come trying to better yourself, you're going to bring everybody else down. We don't need you. I want you to grab this because if you're going to come, you're going to tear the body down. That's not helping the body out. You will come and complain. Why is it taking so long? Why? You, you messing up the team effort. But if you can come, you can receive instruction. 
You can, re- you can receive correction. You can receive encouragement. Come. Because that means you're trying to better yourself. You're trying to transform. You're trying to renew yourself. You're not trying to conform. The world will try to bring. I want you all to understand that this is some, some serious stuff within the church. The church need to realize that we're to build each other up, not tear each other down. You're going to say, you're going to pass, going to say, tell me not to come. I said it. <laughs> Let me help you out. I'm not alone. Jesus says, if you're not for us, you're against us. Jesus said, I'm ready hot, I'm ready cold. You're lukewarm, get on out of here. So you lukewarm. He said, I really don't want to get out. Come back with some fire, with some zeal that's going to bring somebody else in here. <laughs> now I want you to understand this, that you might be that first person somebody met and you feeling so depressed and so down and out, and they come and try to find out Jesus, and they're going to say, is the Lord good? He said, no, he's not good. <laughs> they got me working out here. I don't even know why I'm out here. What am I here for? You just hurt the witness of the church. We are to be his ambassadors. When I think about a servant from Christ, I think about the commercial. I love the commercial. The guy opens up the door and says, I'm not going to be able to make it today. I'm going to call in sick. And then he closed the door. You see the baby in the crib. <laughs> and they got the same way for the moms say, dads and moms don't get days off. <laughs> I want you to understand this. Imagine if our God said, today, I'm going to call in sick. I, I, I don't feel good. All of a sudden, your heart stops. All of a sudden, your lungs no longer can fill up with air. All of a sudden, you see the stars and the sun start to drop. Because God said, today I'm going to stop. But yeah, that's not our God. And he is showing us how to be faithful. So how much more we too need to be faithful in times that we need to look like Christ. It says that we should what? Love. What? Genuinely. And abhor evil. What's the greatest example of love? Jesus. Jesus said, no greater love than this what? For a man to lay down his life for a friend. Let's look at this part. I am to show love like Christ. And love so love like this that he sacrificed. Let's look at this sacrifice. He was in the garden. And, and in the garden it says that he prayed not once, not twice, but three times. And he didn't just pray like this, oh, Lord, if he's able. No, three times he fell down, pleading out unto God, if this cup can pass over me, but not my will be done, but thy will be done. Let me help you out. There's going to be some times in serving the body of Christ, you may not feel up to it. But you need to go ahead and say, Lord, not my will be done, but... Thy will be done. Because it's not about you, but it's about how you can be used by God for the better of the church. So when you love, you will not pretend to love others. Watch out. But it says really love them. Not to pretend, you know, I smile and love you in front of you, but as soon as you leave out, I'm going to talk about you. He, he not really doing, she not really doing what they think they doing. That's not love. It says, be happy with those who are happy and 
Weep with those who weep. It's shown us that desiring love means I am concerned about your joy and your pain. And so when we love, when we love and hate what is wrong, we hold tightly to what is good and we love each other with genuine affection. We take delight in honoring each other. It says take delight. It means that I feel good to let you know how good you're doing. And Cass says, even if you don't compliment me back, because I didn't say it for you to say something back to me. I just want to let you know I appreciate what you're doing. Here's my challenge to you. We see a list of gifts here. And some of us may know our gifts, may we don't know our gifts, but here's one thing you can do. I want you to look, when you look at somebody, I want you to see a 10 on their head. What do you mean to see a 10? I want you to see and give them 101% on that one thing you see is a perfect 10 in there. Everybody's not perfect. So their, their, their manuscript's not good, but they sure enough can balance a checkbook. You're going to let them, I'm, I'm so glad that you can balance a checkbook. You don't, you're not going to mention it. I can't read what it went to, but I'm so glad. I'm so glad I know how much is in the account, and I know I won't overspend. Y'all see what I'm saying here, right? I'm not going to point out what I see you doing wrong. I'm going to point out. Where I see that you're doing good. And I'm going to let you know I affirm that. I appreciate that. The body of Christ, we should look at one another and not point out what we see they're doing bad. It's easy, it's easy to look at the choir and look up when somebody is singing and say, oh, that one's off key. Well, you're not up singing, are you? It's easy to look at a comedian, right, and when they tell the joke wrong, say, oh, I can tell it better than that. You're not up there, are you? It's easy to sit down and to criticize. Here's now the challenge. Can you stand up and encourage? So the gospel-driven life is looking to build up, not to tear down. The gospel-driven church is a church, a body of believers looking to say, you know what? If you're good, I'm good. If you're healthy, I'm healthy. If you're happy, I'm happy. If you're sad, I'm I'm sad. Together we're in this to be united for the body of Christ. What you have, I have. And together we serve him. So can we do it? Can we say no longer will I be conformed to this world, be transformed? I'll be no caught up with my ideas, my ideology, my agenda, but say, Lord, what is your will? Have thine own way, Lord. Mold me and shape me, thou is the potter, I am the clay. Can we be sincere in saying this and not just be given lip service? But can we genuinely love one another with humility, with sacrifice, with zeal? Let's turn to him. Lord, we come. We thank you, O God, that you are the awesome God. Father, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you've blessed us with awesome gifts for the glory of your church. And, Lord, we realize that we have not, we have not, we have not done all that we can do. But we thank you, Lord, by your grace, hallelujah, and your mercy that we can grow closer and do better each and every day. Father, we thank you, Lord, that we are not who we used to be. And we're not who we want to be, O oh God. But we thank God by your grace and mercy we're going to be better from now on. Father, we ask you right now to help us to identify the good in others and not the bad. Help us to encourage them to do well in your glory and for your honor and not to discourage them. 
Help us, Lord, to encourage the body of Christ to serve with humility. And that together, oh God, we bring you glory and bring you honor. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen.